Well, hello there. Hello there and welcome to Trucking After Hours. Buck Ballard here. I will be soloing this episode for reasons we will get into shortly, but uh, I am recording this on March 26th, the year of our Lord, 2020. The name of that song is Coffee, and that is just the uh, uh, just the instrumental portion of it. I split the tracks and pulled the uh, verbiage out and put in, or the vocals out, and just put in the the music. And uh, that's what we're using for intro for now. I do thank uh, Josh Woodward for the Creative Commons rights to use that music, and uh, you can find him at joshwoodward.com. Kind of fun stuff. Sipping a nice cup of. Starbucks French roast that we buy on sale on a regular basis at Costco. Grind it up there, big old two and a half pound bags. And I am home. I am home from a old 3,900 mile road trip, uh, two days out, two days back. And what did we have? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days of, uh, of doing some work. I went from Green Bay out to the high deserts of Eastern Oregon and we did some uh, some repairs and some things, uh, getting my mother's house ready to put on the market and sell. I was out there in September doing a few modifications and trying to make it easier for her to uh, to live in. She's 89 now and uh, sharp as a tack and doing fine. But uh, I brought the laundry up from downstairs and put it in the kitchen. And, you know, of course, all of the plumbing and wiring and venting that go with that job. I also took the shower doors off and made the bathtub a little more accessible for her. Uh, sadly, she did fall just a couple of months after that and uh, broke her pelvis in several places. So uh, she's doing fine. She is in a uh, an assisted living place now, and, and uh, she had that one lined up long ago. So uh, very good planning. And she is doing just fine, but the house, it's time to put that on the market and let it be a blessing in somebody else's life for a while now. She's been there, I think, 11 years in that home. It is what it is. I went out, uh, some family went out, uh, two of my sisters were there. We stayed with my cousin and his wife, wonderful, wonderful people. And Carl, I thank you so much for, and Amparo for hosting us. They are just fantastic people and very gracious hosts. And they were also a lot of help. Uh, a little bit of basic wiring that needed to be, uh, tended to. And, uh, Carl is a retired electrician. So he helped out with that a little bit. That was nice. I want to throw in a few things, though, and I'm just going to go off of the list that I have them. I have show notes in front of me. I am not going to edit this. I am just going to go through what's there. But in looking at my notes, I see I have coffee written down twice. You can tell I love coffee. I'm going to preface this with, no, you know what? I'm going to save that till the end. Let's just leave that off. I'm going to finish where I started, and that will be my hook. So we're going to talk about mice at the end of the show, not at the beginning. First thing I want to mention, I have the 07 Chevy Trailblazer. I drove it out there last September, the same run, only from there I went from Eastern Oregon into Portland and back uh, up through the Columbia Gorge and and uh, the return trip uh, once you tie into Montana in the uh, Billings area, back into the same trip. Uh, going out this time, I ran across Highway 20 in Idaho and, and through some cool areas. I took a picture, put it on Facebook of me standing in front of some snow-covered rock formations. I was sorry to see those rock formations covered in snow. With the sun shining, I was hoping they would be clear. I ran into this place by accident 
years ago, coming back in a semi. And again, I'd stopped in Eastern Oregon, visited my mother, and left from there, went across Highway 20, caught up with Interstate 84, uh, run that down into Idaho a little ways, and then again catch on to Highway 20 to kind of traverse the central half of Iowa or the lower central half of Iowa, of Idaho, uh, rather than take 84 all the way around and loop back up in, in Pocatello on the southern end. Just depends on the construction and the weather. But I stopped, I was driving through, this was the first time, I was driving through and I noticed, where the hell am I? I'm out in the middle of nowhere. There is no cell service. I've gone through the Sawtooth National Forest, uh, some of the footlands of those hills. Beautiful, beautiful country. But now I'm off in this more flat terrain, but there's these big, black, dark, uh, kind of a cindery texture to them, a porous texture, a flat black. What the heck? And, and it's almost like moon craters or something. And it is actually what it is called. It is called Craters of the Moon. And they are in uh, southern central Idaho. If you ever get a chance to drive through there, it is mind-numbing to see, especially if you drove into them by accident and you don't know what they are. Uh, just beautiful rock formations. So I, I did go through Craters of the Moon again, and I took a picture of uh, the moon craters in the background and uh, made some comments about social distancing. I'd say, gee, I'll put that in the show notes, but uh, I don't put pictures in these show notes anymore. Uh, but it was a neat thing to see. So if you wonder what that was in the background, that was Craters of the Moon, or Craters on the Moon, they call that. And it is a, uh, I don't know if it's a national park or a state park. Tires on that truck. I wanted to talk about that just, just to give you an idea when you're buying tires, what you're looking at and what you get for it. I had Cooper Discovery. Uh, they're like a, a on off road mud and snow tire. They've got more of a lug tread to them. That's what was on the truck when I bought it. I put about 20,000 miles on it and I've just about worn those tires out. And I was really debating those things were. Oh, just pretty close to that 430 seconds mark, which would still be legal on the back, kind of pushing it on the front. I'm not one to run the tires all the way down to the legal limit on a road trip like that, especially this time of year when I'm going to be going into snow. But I will tell you this. I've been driving through snow all winter on those tires, and I know what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not comfortable with. The bottom line is that is a that is an urban assault vehicle for, for most cases for me. We do haul the trailer with it. We do a little bit of camping, but I'm not a hardcore off-roader. That thing's never going to go rock climbing or, or mud bogging or anything like that. It is a daily driver, and it's pretty much always going to see a highway, gravel road, uh, improved dirt road, that sort of thing. So I'm really not concerned about those big lugs, but I do want a good quality all-weather tire. So I replaced them with a Bridgestone, a higher-end Bridgestone all-weather tire, my first choice was a Michelin, uh, just a little out of my price range. And again, the all-season tire is, is not quite as good as a snow tire. There's different compounds that make those up. But this is what I put on it, and I will tell you what. They were quieter. They certainly run quieter. I enjoyed that. I got into a lot of snow in Montana in both directions, going out and coming back. Coming back was dreadful. I got up. Now this is Thursday. I came home yesterday. I spent... I left Tuesday morning. I spent Tuesday night in Billings. Um, quite honestly, I wanted to make it to Miles City Tuesday night. 
I could tell I was tired and, and, uh, and, you know, it's an emotional thing going through cleaning out, uh, you know, and doing things and, and putting your mother's house on the market and all of that. That was, it, it was more emotionally draining than I thought it would be. Uh, and I just needed to decompress and relax a little bit. So I stopped a little early in Miles City. That was a, a mistake because I woke up at 4.30 central time yesterday morning, bought some fuel and hit the road. And I'd wished I had, uh, traveled on to Miles City the night before because, uh, Billings was snow covered and the roads were just snow and ice. There was not much for plows out. And I just followed the ruts of the big trucks because there weren't a whole lot of cars out. So I made it through, but boy, did I get a chance to uh, road test those bridge stones. And I was quite happy with them. They performed well. I do have to say this from the last trip to this trip, my mileage was up about, oh, somewhere between 12 and 15%. I had a lot of 21, 20, 21 and a half MPGs this time, where last time my average, uh, I barely hit 20 once. But my overall average for the trip was pretty darn good this time. I was uh, pretty close to 20, where last time I was down around that 18 mark. So it really, it really does make a difference. So just know when you buy, buy what you want to buy, but know the trade-offs. If you want those big knobby tires and you don't mind the noise, they're going to do better in the mud. They're not going to do as well in the snow. And I can say that firsthand. So enough of that. Craters on the moon. Now, when I went through there, this was kind of interesting. If you are not from the Midwest or an area where you deal with this, when you have a winter freeze, you have uh, what we call the spring road bands, what they called uh, spring breakup restrictions. The ground is frozen underneath. And as that ground thaws out, it creates issues because the moisture in the road freezes from the top down. So you might have a bed of solid ice a foot down, 18 inches down as it warms, but you have a soft road above. What they end up doing is restricting the speed of the trucks or the access of the trucks. It's not unusual in Wisconsin if it's not a state highway. There's a weight limit. And boy, they enforce those road bans big time. If, if, if you weigh 80,000 pounds, there are a lot of small state roads that you are not allowed on. Uh, they always look the other way for livestock. And in, in hot shotting, nobody really paid attention to us anyway. Now, I noticed Highway 20, they had signs up. Speed limit was 65, and it's a two-lane road, uh, paved, not much of a emergency lane or anything, but it is a two-lane road, 65 miles an hour speed limit, 35 miles an hour for trucks, a little yellow sign, and they call it spring breakup. And I noticed there wasn't a single truck obeying that. In fact, they were doing 70, 72, and uh, running my front door, getting me through there a whole lot quicker, and, and I... <laughs> was appreciative for that because if anybody was going to get stopped, it would be the truck going more than double the spring restricted limit over uh, me. So it did shave a little bit of time off me, but it was an interesting observation. Uh, I, I feel your pain, guys. We don't have the speed limits. We just have, can't go there. Toilet paper. What the hell, people? Uh, this is getting crazy. Everybody's just... Uh, well, now that it's here, I not only need to buy some, I need to buy extra. And that just creates more of a demand. Uh, hey, I, I service the tissue industry. So knock yourselves out. You're keeping me busy. That's fine. But here's what I noticed with the whole toilet paper thing. And you wonder what the behavior is as people dive into this. Why are you grabbing it? Because you think you should? Because you're afraid of running out? 
because you need to solve a problem. Well, we all know what the problem that toilet paper solves is. But here's the interesting thing. In the early days of this, yes, the toilet paper was disappearing on the shelves as fast as they could get it. But the napkins weren't. The paper towels weren't. If you truly needed to solve a problem and were worried about it, buy three extra rolls of paper towels, buy two extra packages of napkins. You know what? It'll work just as well. But no, they were just buying the toilet paper. Now, I noticed that has changed. The paper towel shelves are empty and the napkin shelves are empty. It's all coming back. It's all getting restocked. But let common sense prevail, people. It's nice to have a little bit of extra, but uh, you don't need a lot. So it, it is what it is. And I think there's lessons to be learned. One of those being when this is all over, prepare for next time because there's always a next time for something. Uh, we've never seen anything quite like this because it's nationwide. The good thing about this is this is not economy related. This was a, a totally different cause. So as long as we get through this fast and get back to work, uh, the economy should still be sound. The longer we drag this out, the harder it's going to be. And, and I just pray we we get back to work soon. It, you know, we live in a country that believes in live free or die. Let's live free. I, I love that idea. Livestock auctions. I'm cruising through ranch land, farmland, and dairy farms and beef farms, crop farms. They all work a little bit differently. It is totally independent of whatever crisis is going on. Whatever you planted in the field, you're going to grow, whether the market rises or drops while it's in the field. You're going to grow it. You're going to harvest it. The livestock is going to keep going. Well, I'm sure AOC tried to stick something in this bill crap to make everybody a vegetarian because that's what they all seem to be doing. Let's put our pet beef in there and see if we can't shove it down the Americans' throats. But you know what? People are still going to eat their burgers. People are still going to eat their steaks, their tacos, whatever the case may be. But I noticed listening to the radio, all of the things that are canceled, the livestock auctions are not. Uh, the cattle's been raised. It's got to be bought. It's got to be processed. It's got to be all of that stuff to show up in your uh, grocery shelf or freezer, whatever the case may be. And, you know, some of these ranchers aren't getting any younger, but they're doing what they have to do. They're going to the auctions because nobody's going to look online and, and, and buy a, a herd in that way. They're going to go actually physically see it. I'm sure they're uh, expressing some concern or some uh, social distancing and, and doing their own proper things. They're also a group that's somewhat isolated by their nature. So uh, it was refreshing to see uh, some of the things that are still going on. Livestock auctions have to keep happening, just like police have to keep working. Fire department has to keep working. Truckers have to keep working. Uh, it is what it is. Next thing on my list is funny. I have coffee and church. Well, let's just do the church quick. A lot of the churches, uh, pretty much every church in the country, are down. We, you know, just closed. And I think it's kind of a neat chance to maybe re, uh, not, not reinvent, but find some new ways to find your community, uh, find your band of brothers, as I would call it for the guys out there. It is what it is. We'll, we'll get through it and we will all be back in, uh, filling the pews again, maybe in another way, but, but it all is good. Coffee. You know, I am a coffee snob. I told you what I'm drinking right now. In fact, I'll have a drink, not editing any of this, boys and girls. 
Here's an interesting thing. I'm going to throw this in first before I get into where I was buying coffee on the road. I stayed at uh, the Days Inn and Suites in Billings, Montana. And one of the things in their review, I've stayed there before. I, I was there last time. One of the things in their review is for hotel coffee, this stuff is really good. And we're not talking the crap in the room. We're talking the continental breakfast. Now, with all of the virus stuff, their breakfast was, there's coffee in the breakfast room. That is the only thing there. Uh, and they didn't have the TV on. Just pour your coffee and get out. And then they had bag breakfasts that were really uh, a fruit cup, uh, a breakfast bar of some kind, and a bottle of water. Uh, pretty basic. But, you know, at least it was something. Grab it on the way out. The room was about 40 bucks a night less than it was back in September. I think I paid 100 bucks after taxes, and I was paying about 62 now. So th those have come down, and rightfully so. First off, the coffee out of that machine, it is Folgers coffee, which I would normally say, yuck, I'm not touching Folgers. But this stuff comes in in a bladder. It's, it's already mixed, and it's a concentrate, and it mixes with the hot water, and it is served. And it's pretty darn good. I was impressed. Uh, so I'd had a cup of that, and then I went to McDonald's, and I would get two large cups of coffee with double creams, pour them in my thermos, and I am set for the day. And McDonald's, Guatemalan coffee, they work very hard on their filtration systems and everything, trying to make the cup of coffee that you have in Billings, Montana, taste just like the cup of coffee you had in Miami, Florida, or Denver, Colorado. It, it's quality, it's uniform, good uh, Guatemalan coffee. And I noticed when I left heading towards Eastern Oregon, which would have been last Thursday morning, it was exactly what I expected it to be. And I don't know what changed, but the McDonald's coffee on the way home was not very good. It was it was dreadful. I, I Actually, I had one cup of it, and that was the end of my coffee until I uh, found a decent place to get a second cup yesterday and then did that and came home. But Kind of makes me wonder what they did. Are they out of water filters? Are they not re-supplying uh, their coffee? And somebody went and bought a can, but it was not so good. Here's what I did notice as far as observing uh, protocol and who's going nuts. Um, and I, I can't keep politics out of this. It, it's, it's just you got to go there. The, the, the Total bananas stuff on the left is, is driving me nuts. I don't watch a lot of it, and I'll tell you why in a bit. But, I mean, every time I turn it on, they're trying to stick the Green New Deal in there. They're trying to stick. It's like, really, people, let's just solve the problem and get back to work. And they're trying to put in a system where people on unemployment will make more money than they did working. Well, that's really going to help. I mean, where do I sign up and lay me off if I can make $600 a week more staying home? I'm all for that plan. Um and, and I say that tongue-in-cheek. You know I'm kidding. The small towns seem to be functioning the best in applying common sense. Keep your distance. You know, you're going through the grocery store. Everybody's kind of keeping away from each other. The restaurants and cafes are closed, but they're still serving food to go and, and hanging in there as best they can. Uh, you know, they're still going nuts for toilet paper and, and stuff like that. I noticed in buying my groceries for the trip home, Going through Safeway, um, you go through the vegetable aisle and the fruit aisle. The fruit and the vegetables are still selling, but a lot of the prepackaged stuff looked like it had been there a while. By prepackaged, I mean, you know, the sandwich with the, you know, veggie slices in them and maybe a, a, a 
whatever prepackaged. That stuff wasn't going as well. And I think people are just careful about if I'm going to eat this, I want to be able to go home and wash it first. And you really can't wash that sandwich. It, it is what it is. So uh, just an interesting observation. But I think the small towns were doing a better job of getting on with business and dealing with it. Uh, I did over here uh, uh, in the grocery store line. Um, one lady is a hairdresser and it's like, what do I do? I don't have enough money to pay the rent because I can't cut hair anymore. And that makes you kind of wonder, are people going to start cutting their own hair or are we all going to be pretty long hair and shaggy pretty soon? But uh, we cannot do this for three months. It, it just can't happen. The country can't withstand it. I think we, you know, Trump made the comment, I'd like to be back to work by Easter. And, and I think that's a, a fair goal. And you know what? We've got to move the country forward at a cost. But that's what we have to do. Enough of that. But yes, small town America is alive and well. The farther away you get from tall buildings and big cities, the more common sense prevails. That's uh, just the way it is. Costco. I bought almost all of my fuel at Costco all the way out and all the way at back, just the way I did last time. I filled my car for, I, I filled the Trailblazer. My first fuel was here in Green Bay. So my first fuel stop was actually in the Twin Cities. And I paid a dollar seventy-five a gallon. Uh, prices kind of went up from there. Oregon was the highest, Idaho second, and it just worked its way lower coming home. By the time I got home, our fuel here is a dollar forty-nine. Pretty good price. Um, supply and demand. There's just not much demand, and it's not like I'm going anywhere. It is what it is. We've canceled a vacation uh, the end of May, and then that would be uh, Don the Beer Guy, their their wedding in Jamaica. The resort is closed till at least June, so uh, it's not just rescheduling that. That uh, A lot of people do destination weddings in Jamaica. They have 300 weddings to do their best to reschedule. So it, it's all up in the air, and we'll see what goes on. Um, it is what it is. Here's one of the lessons, though, coming out of this, is our dependence on crap from China and maybe some things that we really need from China. You know, drug companies are making money hand over fist. Thank you to politicians. Uh, one of the things I heard, and I can't remember who it was that said it, but it was a Republican who said it about trying to get some prescription drug medication um, bills passed. Insulin costs are just going nuts. Other drug costs are just going nuts. And more and more people are getting like I have where, yeah, here's your really, really good prescription drug coverage. Oh, but until you've met the deductible on your medical plan, we don't cover crap. Which means you better have that 2500 bucks or whatever the case may be to uh, pay for that expensive medication before they're ever going to cover any of it if you have something expensive. Um, none of that is getting fixed because the drug companies give so much money to politicians. Both sides of the aisle, the Republicans and Democrats. None of them are doing a damn thing about it. Um, and then it turns out all of these drugs are being made in China. What the hell? They have all this money and they're still exporting it. So hopefully some of that will come back when this is over. That would be good to see. Um, before I get into the last story of the day, I do want to throw this out to you guys. Uh, you know, feedback at truckingpodcast.com still works. That site's going to be there for quite a while. I set up something real easy for trucking after hours and it's simply truckingafterhours at gmail.com. Everything I have done here is for simple. 
I've been recording 24 minutes, and I will have this up and published uh, about 30 minutes after I hit the stop recorder. Actually, I have two things I want to I want to shoot by you here before I call it a day. The first one, uh, my cousin is quite the outdoorsman, and spends a lot of time, you know, not just outdoors, but I mean at home when he's watching TV. Quite often, he'll spend time on YouTube, and he has a. Uh, three or four different uh, favorite YouTube channels. We had a lot of fun watching some of that stuff, but we got into kind of binge watching this one and uh, it's a towing and recovery service. But unlike all of the crap you see on TV, their specialty and they're either in Arizona or New Mexico, but they're going out into the desert where people have gotten in over their heads, maybe rock crawling or uh, like in one case, it was somebody with a really nice side-by-side that broke an axle. Uh, one case was a Jeep Rubicon that looked like it had end over ended and landed on its wheels, but had to be towed out. Uh, one was some crazy girl in a, I think she made a wrong turn. So I shouldn't call her crazy, but the car tells me she's nuts. A Toyota Prius. And she made a wrong turn and ended up out on this rock covered, something I wouldn't have taken the trailblazer on because there's not enough ground clearance and getting her out of there involved driving at six or seven feet, stacking up some rocks to drive over, driving at six or seven feet, laying a, you know, two by six across some rocks. And, and it, it was a trick getting it out, but it was just a blast to watch some of these, just kind of to binge watch. And that was a, a YouTube channel called Matt's off-road recovery. And they weren't towing any of this stuff with a tow truck. They were, um, MacGyvering it out just with some Yankee ingenuity, uh, motorhomes, uh, people driving RVs out into the mud where they shouldn't have been, recovering those. It, it's worth a watch. You might get a kick out of that. So, yeah, that was uh, Matt's Off-Road Recovery YouTube channel. Give it a look if you want to see. Um, I saw a lot of humorous things on the road. Some I sure couldn't repeat on the podcast, but funny nonetheless. Here is one of the best I saw at Costco, because while I'm at Costco, I'm going to go in and use their restrooms. They're a little more wide open spaces, probably cleaner than what I'm going to find in a service station or a truck stop. So I go into the, and this was in, um, where was this one? This was in Boise, Idaho. I went in, fueled up, ran in to use the restroom. And I did go, I wanted to bring some eggs with me over to, to, uh, Burns, Oregon just because they were out of eggs in the grocery store. They were out of eggs in Idaho too. So I, I scored no eggs, but I used the restroom and you know, they have these Dyson hand dryers. You put your hand in the slot and they blow the air off. The air blows your hands dry. And well, they're shut off and they have paper towel dispensers up. And there's this sign for sanitation purposes. The electric hand dryers will be turned off until further notice. For sanitation purposes. In other words, we don't need uh, your germs spraying all over the room when your hands go through the air dryer. I thought that was funny. I thought those things were supposed to be cleaner and healthier, but it uh, it turns out they spread a virus. Hmm. So there you go. I wish we had everybody here because there's a lot of things to get into for what did you learn today. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. And I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on it. I was listening to, oh, oh man, and I actually got this off of another podcast. I listened to a lot of work of uh, John Eldridge, Ransom Heart Ministries, and he was talking about this. And I had actually read this book several, I mean, we're going way back a lot of years ago, uh, The Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard. 
And in that book, he talks about a lab experiment by UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles. And this is going back many years because that's not a new book. And, you know, back in the day and even today still, uh, they give small amounts of amphetamines to uh, military pilots and I think in some cases to soldiers. And the point of this experiment with white rats, which are used quite often in experiments to compare to human, why I don't know, but they do. The point of this experiment was how much amphetamine can we give a mouse before we kill it? So obviously they're going to slowly dose these mice until they start seeing where they drop off. So to do so, you need those mice and you need a control group. In other words, a group of just regular mice coexisting with no drugs. So they have the drugged mice marked so they can keep doing their thing. And as these drugged mice start going into the tweaker mode, um, and getting close to their point of death, they're watching the control group and realizing the control group is getting sucked up into the behavior patterns. Their heart rates are going up. They're doing almost the exact same thing that the tweaker mice are doing. And when the tweaker mice start dying off from the stress and the anxiety, so does the control group. And they had no drugs whatsoever. They just got caught up in the shit. They got caught up in the, in the hoopla. And there is a lesson to be learned there for us. Turn this crap off. Listen to enough news to know what's going on. When you feel the neck, the, the bulges in your neck from your blood pressure, turn it off. Go to something else. A lot of podcasts, a lot of great stuff. Catch the news a couple of times a day so you're informed. And then go about your business and uh, trying to listen to something that's going to help you uh, help you be a little happier and a little healthier. Last word. Um. And I really have been debating whether to go there, but a lot of people have asked. I have lost, I've gone from 230 pounds at my heaviest to 176 when I stood on the scale this morning. My blood sugar is under control. I'm in better health. I'll, I'll be 60 here in six months and I can go out today and do a five mile run. I will go out and do a, uh, uh, probably a 3.2 this morning out on the road because the gym is closed which I'm not real happy with, but I get it. The YMCA had to shut down for a while. Um, guys, start taking better care of yourselves. You look at high-risk people, and many truck drivers are high-risk. They would not be able to get through this virus without hospitalization. And then, no, 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 not me. You know, as, as you're 40, 50, 60 pounds overweight and eating a donut. Um, I think as we go forward, I might be sharing some of the ways I managed to get my eating under control, my health under control, and my exercise under control. Sometimes I did some drastic things, but they were all healthy. Uh, with that, hey, feedback at truckingpodcast.com or just shoot, just send it to uh, truckingafterhours at gmail.com. Any, either of those are fine. You can find us on Facebook. That is still facebook.com slash truckingpodcast. I think we will start a group for this soon. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I'm looking into what I can do with a group over a page, but I think that would be fun. So we'll see where this goes in the future. I would love to hear from all of you, and we will be back Sunday night with our regular show. With that, uh, take care of yourself, people. Stay safe. God bless. And take care of yourself. Take care of the people you love. And uh, make sure you tell them. Make sure you tell them you can. Bye.
and we'll talk to you all Sunday night on Facebook and next week on the podcast. My life is grounded in a firm routine of coffee, sleep, and work. I am not boring. I just stick to what I know. Oh, I am not boring.